Drop down your anchors, throw down your line. Drop down your anchors, I'll catch them in time. Drop down your anchors, throw down your line. I will cover your side. Hello and welcome to the Stay Anchored Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Bindis. It's my mission to help us all stay anchored in the world so that we can be a light in the darkness that's all around us. Today, I want to talk to you about remembering. How much can you remember? Why is it that I have such a hard time committing Bible verses and other facts to memory? But it seems like I can remember the words to almost every 80s song that comes on the radio. You know, if you find yourself reading the Bible and you're a few paragraphs down the page and you look back up and you can't remember a thing about what you just read and you have no idea what it means, you're not alone. But take heart, I didn't try to commit these songs to memories, to memory, the 80s songs that come to my head, all of the words, but I guess it gives me hope. Because when you take in something, whether it's reading or singing or listening over and over again, it begins to stick and it comes up when you least expect it. You're going to remember more than you ever thought you would. You know, if you think of the Bible as an ancient history text that has a lot to be memorized in order to pass a class, it can seem extremely daunting. And I think back to my early days of teaching in my early 20s, I had my master's degree and I taught um, an undergraduate course of world history at a local university extension. And I remember that textbook being probably three inches thick. So with great determination as an early teacher, college professor, I created lesson plans that taught as much as I could from that textbook. And I created assessments that measured often the smallest details. And I can remember thinking that the more names and details and dates people could remember, the better. Well now, decades later, and with much more knowledge of teaching and learning under my belt, I understand that the goal of any teacher, whether it be second grade, high school, or college professor, should be for his or her students to leave the class with an overarching command of certain skills and objectives that they can apply on a daily basis. It's not the minute details that are important, especially with Google at our fingertips, unless you specialize in that particular subject matter. No, it's really the overarching understanding of the practice or of the skill and how to apply it in your everyday life. So, you know, God understands this. After all, as our creator, he knows how our brain works and that we can't be expected to remember everything in the Bible as it's written. You know, there are there are so many stories, so many details, but God does want us to know enough so that we understand the overall message and the intent of what the Bible tells us. So instead of thinking of the Bible as a daunting history textbook, he wants us to see it 
as a life instruction book and a self-help manual when we need it, but more importantly, as a love letter that he's written to us, speaking through many different authors as he inspired them to write. So when I look at how the word remember is used in the Bible, you know, I expected to see a lot about God needing us to remember this detail or remember this teaching or remember uh, something important. But the word remember comes through in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, when God tells us to remember the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day. Remember to take the day off so that you can reflect on God. Remember to save that day for God. Okay, interesting. What else are we supposed to remember? First Chronicles 16, 12. Remember the wonders he has done. Hmm. Not this specific wonder or that specific wonder, but in general, the miracles, the wonders he has made in the earth, the art that surrounds us daily in nature. Remember the wonders he has done. Okay, what else? Two more times God uses the word remember through the authors in the Bible. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, King Solomon says, remember your creator. Okay, well, that seems pretty easy to do. Don't remember this person or that person in the Bible, but remember your creator. Remember God. So remember the Sabbath day, the wonders he has done. Remember your creator. And then in Galatians chapter 2, verse 10, remember the poor. Remember how we can help others. Remember the brotherly kindness and love that we can show to others. That's what God wants us to remember. He's not asking us to remember specific people or dates or details. We're asked to remember that God wants our heart. He wants us to rest and he wants us to reflect on the Sabbath day. He wants us to remember that he can work miracles both then and now. He wants us to remember that he's given us life and free will and that he wants us to choose and love him and our fellow man. And he gives us an example by prompting us to remember those with less than us. So how might seeing the Bible as an instruction book, a self-help manual, and a love letter change the way you read it? You know, if you look at it like that, Consider how Jesus got his important messages across to us. He taught in parables. And oftentimes, uh, those that weren't Christian, those that weren't followers, the parables were very confusing to them because they weren't enlightened. They weren't shown the true meaning of it. But for Christians, the parables are to help us remember and to help us apply what God wanted us to know in our daily lives. You know, stories have been passed down by generation to generation in so many cultures because traditions live through stories and people can remember stories. I don't know about you, but when our family gets together and begins to retell stories, we often gravitate towards the funny or the heartwarming moments that we enjoy reliving time and time again. So when you think about the Bible telling us 
that overarching story of love through parables. Let's look at some of those parables. You know, take a take a moment uh, one time one day this week to really read one of those parables and think about what Jesus is trying to tell us. The parable of the great banquet where those that weren't prepared could be locked out. The parable of the lost sheep, how Jesus went in search, or the, the shepherd rather, went in search of just that one lost sheep. The parable of the prodigal son, no matter how bad he his behavior got or how much he lost, he was still welcomed home. The parable of the rich man and Lazarus, um, the rich man couldn't give everything to God because he wanted to cling too much to what he had in this world. Or Lazarus being um, risen from the dead. And what is that saying to us? What can God accomplish? The bear parable of the persistent widow who kept begging and begging and begging. And finally, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. All of these parables are located in Luke between chapters 14 and 18. So read one of those and consider what is Jesus trying to tell us through the parable? How should we think? How should we feel? How should we act? How might we apply the concept of the parable in our own life? You know, hopefully by now you might be feeling a sense of relief about the concept of not needing to remember specific facts, but you might still have that yearning to be able to recall passages that may help in certain situations. You might want those specific um, passages ingrained in your memory. So if you're one of those people that really wants to remember, you know, one or two passages so that they are at your command whenever you need them, there might be two things you can do. Number one, you know, re remember that Jesus promised us that the Holy Spirit would come upon those who believe and give us the words when we need them. John 14, 26 says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So maybe you're talking with someone and they, they're going through a really hard time. You know, the Holy Spirit, if you invite the Holy Spirit in, will give you the words that you'll need at that time. And if you've tried to commit something to memory, hopefully it'll come through just when you need it. When the Holy Spirit first appeared in the book of Acts, each apostle was given the ability to speak in a language that he didn't even know so that people from every area that were there that day could understand the word of God in their own language. So we don't need to remember or be anxious about what to say when we're under pressure, because if we're dedicated to acting in Jesus's name, we're going to be provided with the words. Matthew ten nineteen says, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Father, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So first, I just want you to remember that you don't have to have everything committed to memory. If you believe 
And if you open your heart to that Holy Spirit, the words will come. But secondly, if you do want to commit a special passage or two or three to memory, you can do that. Write down what you want to remember on a post-it note. The more times you write it, the more you will see it visually. Put it around your house. Practice it when you wake up. Practice it when you go to bed. You know, have it by your computer. Maybe even paint a picture in your mind about what the verse means. Imagine the person in the Bible who wrote it saying it within the situation it was written. Do like you did when you were younger. Make flashcards with the verse, the book and the chapter on one side, and the verse itself on the other. Start each day with your verse. By practicing what you want to commit to memory, you can commit it to memory. Reading the Bible helps you to plant the seeds that germinate over time. But if you fertilize them and water them, they will grow. The best thing that I can remember uh, is what a good friend recently said, that you're retaining much more than you realize. She said, don't beat yourself up for not remembering what you've read in the Bible. You will never waste a minute in the word. Those are wise words indeed. Finally, I'm reminded as I celebrate my 25th wedding anniversary this week that, you know, looking back over that time, I don't necessarily remember everything my husband has ever said to me. I do save some of the special cards and I do commit some of those most meaningful phrases to memory, but all of the details and all of the meaningful days you know, I, I don't recall offhand, but I do have a deepening understanding and appreciation of our love for each other and what commitment and what lo love looks like over the year years because I've committed to deepening my understanding and working on just what the love letter that he's written to me over the years looks like and how I respond as part of that mutual relationship. And that's all that God wants from us, really, as the bride of Christ. If we as the church remember the overall message of how much we are loved, then the details will come when we need them. You know, just like that 80s song gets stuck in my head, the love story that's been written for me should be stuck there as well. Lord, help us remember how much we are loved. Help us remember how often you've told us time and time again throughout the Bible. Help us remember the examples that you've given from beginning to end of how much you cherish us and how much you want us to spend the rest of eternity with you in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
throw down your line Drop down your anchors I'll catch them in time Drop down your anchors Throw down your line I will cover your side